Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and before we begin today's incredible show, I want to share an upcoming program I am launching in mid-March, which could be exactly what you're looking for to take your life in every way to a completely new level. You see, over the last year, I have received more requests for personal coaching in the areas of creating optimal health experiencing transformational breakthroughs, and reaching one's highest potential in life than ever before. The coaching work I have done over this last year has been exceptionally powerful, and the results my clients have received has truly and profoundly blown me away, to say the least. As I have deepened my work with my one-on-one clients, I realized there was a major limit to the amount of highly dedicated individuals I could serve and support through this work. Because of this, I decided to create a highly specialized group coaching model that would foster an exclusive, highly supportive, and co-creative environment that helps each person reach their ultimate goals in life and highest expression of vibrant health. This is an eight-week experience called the Breakthrough Transformation Program, and it's designed to ensure each participant receives all of the support, information, and practical tools necessary to reach a place in their holistic life they never knew was possible. I will be personally taking a group of 20 people every week through a deep learning curve into the unexplored potential and helping them to accelerate the integrative process of self-mastery. This program will focus on specific areas such as creating invincible health strategies, cutting-edge nutrition strategies, emotional and mental mastery, overriding poverty consciousness with prosperity consciousness, accelerating learning modalities, becoming a truly empowered leader, and building a successful coaching slash service-based business, and trust me when I say so, so much more than that. This program also will include a three-day live event, which is going to be following the online coaching program and an opportunity to join me for a private Hawaii immersion experience. This program officially begins March 15th and will only be open to the first 20 people who register. So in order to discover if this one-of-a-kind coaching opportunity is the correct fit for you and your goals, please shoot me a quick message at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, at HolisticHealthMastery.com. Again, that's Ronnie at HolisticHealthMastery.com. I'll respond back to you, um, and then we will carry the conversation. 
Okay, so let's dive deep into today's show with my good friend, Peter Scott. And Peter Scott is local here in the San Diego area in Solano Beach. And what an incredible character he is. What incredible work that this man is doing in the world. This conversation was all about overriding and essentially transmuting or transforming, if you will, the nature of fear. And the fear patterns, the anxiety, the stress, the the concerns, doubts, and worries that each person really carries within them because of social conditioning and possibly religious conditioning or family conditioning, whatever have you, we have all been conditioned within society to be afraid of life and to resist life as it's trying to emerge through us. And this was such a timely conversation because I really have a particular focus on the nature of fear. I'm actually working on a book called The Pathology of Fear, which is really so interesting that Peter Scott showed up on my radar at a, at a mutual friend's party, and we got to talking, and I found out about the work he's doing, and I was like, whoa, like you should be on my podcast. We should do an episode on this topic, because this is a universal topic. Every single human being under the sun deals with fear. And oftentimes we deal with fear and call it something else. We call it stress. We call it anxiety. We call it the to-do list. (laughs) We call it um, just the way that I am or just the way things are. And I love this conversation because Peter is very compassionate in nature. He doesn't have like a hard nose kind of military type of focus to the subject. He comes at it from compassion and with a smile on his face and yet is very bold and has has done tremendous work in his own life and has a really great story about how he overcame his original fears to stepping up in his life. And he also leads retreats, um, fearless retreats, where he takes a small container of people on um, certain trips, certain, I guess you could say, um, encounters with their own resistance to interrupt the patterns of, of resistance and fear that show up in order to override those patterns and become a fearless, more courageous version of ourselves. And I definitely think that I'll take on, I'll take them on that challenge at some point and do one of those programs. And I invite everybody else, if you really love this interview, and I think you will, check out his information and find out more information about the services um, that he offers. So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, this conversation between me and Peter Scott. Enjoy. Peter Scott IV is the founder of the Fearless Life Academy and author of the number one best-selling book, The Fearless Mindset. Peter's life was consumed by fear at a very young age, having to tell his mother at 10 years old that he no longer felt safe living with her because of her alcoholism, and later having to watch his father give up on life and drink himself to death. 
Since the passing of his father in 2010, Peter left his lucrative investment banking career to dedicate his life to mentoring entrepreneurs to overcoming the fears holding them back from making the impact and earning the income they desire. He now leads exclusive groups of high-performing entrepreneurs through his three-day fearless life experience where they discover the peak performance rituals required to conquer their fears and create the life they've only dared to imagine. Welcome to the show. Ronnie, thank you for having me. Mm, My pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Me too. And we got to drop in for the first time at our mutual friend, Marcy Locke's house, who's been on the show. And that was was really good. I just want to say that um, I just really enjoyed our conversation and getting to, to know you. And obviously, there are no coincidences. I think you probably believe the same thing. I do. Yeah. And, uh... Getting to hear about your work, you know, this concept of fear affects everybody, right? Every single person, no matter how great we think they are and inspiring and these, you know, these, um, these really inspirational figures that we see more later down the road, but we don't see the, the origin story where they started. Yeah. Even the superhero origin story. When you watch these great comic book movies or stuff, there's always that, that like Batman, for example, I always think of like in the beginning of the, actually when I, you know, just on that note is so funny to me. I just realized the, 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 the newer trilogy, yep. the whole, the whole theme of Batman is about overcoming fear. It is. It's literally that I realized that I was like every single one of these movies is a different engagement with fear. It is. And it's such a, like fear affects everyone. So I, I, I often say that there are three types of people affected by fear. And I, I'd love mm. the listener to take this away because they may be thinking, well, yeah, everyone's, you know, has fear, but I don't. And so I always say there's three types of people. There's the person that knows that fear is slowing them down or stopping them, and they're committed to doing something about it, yeah. right? There are people like that. You and I, we know that. That's how we connected over dinner. Yeah. Then there's a second type that definitely know that fear is impacting them, but they're unwilling to do anything about it. Mm. And we've all got people like that in our lives. Are those, you know? Would those be more like the passive? Yeah. They, they are, are so consumed by their fear that they're actually – unwilling to to face it and to do the thing that wow. scares them yeah. but they know it's slowing them down mm-hmm. and there's a comfort zone in the bubble that they're in that they're afraid to step out of right and then the i think the most challenging is being the third type of per- person which is the person that doesn't even realize fear is impacting like i i spoke yesterday to a group of 100 ceos mm. these are all ceos leading five to a hundred million dollar businesses wow so very successful and I knew the room wouldn't identify with fear because they probably think at their level they've already overcome all their fears. That's child's play. Don't exactly. worry about that. Yeah. And so I, I, chose a, choose, I chose a different angle and I talked about stress. And so for the person listening to this thinking, you know, I, I'm very successful. You know, I may have stress in my life, but I don't have fear. I always say stress is just the high achievers version of fear. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So, That's my form of fear. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. And you know, it's funny about that. I really appreciate you, you phrasing it that way. And I definitely, I think that's 100% accurate. I find that, um, when it comes to a lot of the things that I've been working on within myself and also, um, reflecting back to my clients a lot is, is vulnerability and self love and, and investing in yourself, which is a form of self love. And, and what I've noticed in my experience is that the deeper I go down that path of deepening inside of myself, I feel new things Mm -hmm. 
that were clearly there before. However, I had created um, some some um, something around it, you know. And I think stress is a common one. So when I when I dispel or dis, dis, demystify this quote unquote stress, it leads me to a root fear. Yes, yeah. I always say there are. Um, and I got this from a mentor of mine named Jesse Elder, who you mm. you know, I think, and yeah. you met recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and he created a great distinction that there are two types of fear. There are rational fears mm. that keep us alive, mm-hmm. and there are <laughs> irrational fears that keep us from living. Wow. Right? Like that, that rational fear would be a fear that if you were woken up in the middle of the night to a burglar breaking into your home, that fight or flight response, that's a good thing. Right? That keeps you alive. So like fear yeah. isn't bad. There's, there's right. good fear and there's bad fear. But the fear that I'm talking about, the irrational fear, is the fear of public speaking. Mm. It's the fear of failing. It's mm. a fear of rejection, the fear of judgment, the fear of not being enough. These are the invisible scripts that are really creating the stress in our lives. Like when I spoke to these CEOs, they're so successful financially, yet they have tremendous financial stress. Mm. And I'm like, how is this possible? Well, it's because they have this irrational fear they're going to lose mm. everything they achieve. Mm. They have this rational fear that what happens if their business goes under and now they're not able to provide for their family yeah. with the lifestyle that they've created, yeah. right? And so um, I think the greatest entrepreneurs and performers, when I wrote my book, I interviewed some top entrepreneurs, and these are people that I put on a pedestal. Mm. You know, I viewed them as fearless, yeah. and every single one of them, were impacted by fear. The only difference was that they actually chose to move through it and to do the thing that terrified them. Wow. Yeah. Totally. I think that's so great for everyone to hear, you know, cause it, it seems so obvious, mm-hmm. you know, when you really paint the picture, it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Every single person has had their ordeal. And, and by the way, that, that ordeal is not like, like, um, temporary. It just, it will continue to, it's part of our growth and initiation as human beings, right? It's not like, okay, you're 18 years old, you've moved through this particular initiation and that's a whole nother subject, you know, having a rite of passage in our modern world. Um, and I think that's a lot of what your work and we'll touch on that a little later, your, your, um, the, uh, the programs that you do, um, you know, but, but I think there's also like, um, at least the way that I'm kind of interpreting it, um, I think people probably just because people are so busy, they, they try not to think about these things as their daily occurrences. Um, so it's like we have an event in our life and, and we, we, um, it's temporary. It's like a temporary fear that we move through and then that's it. And then life is supposed to just be ease, grace and flow for the rest of our life. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But so, so what, what in that, in that, case and what you just shared there I have a question coming up but but I want to ask it this way what in your experience or your perspective is the positive purpose of fear you know besides yeah. what you mentioned about it keeps us alive yep. but like beyond that like what does it do for us when we when we approach it the right way the most positive thing I think there is about fear is it gives you clarity on the area of your life that you get to grow in, right? Because if you're not feeling fear on a consistent basis, then you're simply just going through the motions like you're mm-hmm. in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. When you start expanding beyond your capacity, 
you know, whether it's in a relationship and you're having, you know, really vulnerable, deep, connected conversations. And those are scary. Totally. Or, yeah. or you're, you're launching a business, like going from <laughs> quitting your job to launching a business, not knowing how you're going to make money. That's yeah. terrifying to, to doing like your life's calling, which most of the time, and, and I'm going to be real here is that mm-hmm. most of the time, some of your friends and some of your family may not support you in doing that. Like when I, when I wrote my book, my grandmother, who I love dearly, who helped raise me, mm-hmm. when she understood that I was publishing a book and she knew that my story would be there, the story that you read about the alcoholism mm-hmm. and things like that in my family, she said, Peter, if you publish this story, I'm going to disown you because you're ruining the family name. Literally, like my grandmother, who I love, like I grew up as a kid seeking her approval, seeking her validation. Wow. And I had a choice to make. My choice was do I keep this book inside of me to let my grandmother feel comfortable, right? Or do I sacrifice losing her love knowing that this book is going to impact you know, hundreds of thousands of lives over its lifetime. And I'm like, you know what? It's more of a disservice if I keep this in me to humanity than if I make my grandma uncomfortable. (laughs) And so I went through with it and it was terrifying. And now she's proud of me for doing it. But how many times do people have that resistance where they go, oh my gosh, my my father or my mother or my grandparents, society doesn't approve of this, so I can't go do it. Mm, That's a really interesting example. Um, it's what came up for me is it's yeah. almost like um, people are being used in a way by, you know, let's um, call it spirit or, or divine intervention yeah. or whatever. But the people are being used as an instrument in some way. What, what came up for me yeah. is very possibly, in my mind anyway, is that in that moment of your grandmother becoming uncomfortable and saying that I'm going to disown you, it almost seems to me that she was being used in a way to allow you to initiate yourself into another state of a manhood absolutely because you just said oh and she's so proud of me so i was like wait she didn't disown you yeah and that's so that's huge ronnie like that's what i want the listener to take away is when they feel that resistance yes whether it's from a loved one or from themselves or from their partner it's like that resistance means you get to push through that because Mm. that's your evolution for growth yeah most people will stop most people will quit when they face that resistance but when you expand beyond that then now if that happens, I'm not really afraid of that if people aren't disapproving me. I was three years ago tremendously. This was only three years ago. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, this actually instant was a year ago because this book just came out a year oh, ago. Oh, God. I yeah, launched my yeah. coaching business three years ago. So that's when you know my own fear of um, you know leaving my investment banking career to do something that I love, how am I going to make money, all of that came up. But this instant was about a year ago. Okay. So, wow. You've had quite a journey in a short amount of time. Yes. Amazing. Okay, so I have a few questions I jotted down here. I knew that we would hit a flow, so which I which I always do in these interviews. It's amazing. Um, you kind of this this kind of gets brought up in your bio a little bit, but um, I'm going to ask the question again and see if we can mine for some gold. Yeah. What what started what started you doing this purpose work around fear? Yeah, so the thing that started uh, was I – my entire life was consumed by fear. Mm -hmm. So you know, when I was 10 years old, I had to sit down in a courtroom and tell my mother um, that – I had to sit down in the courtroom with my mom, my grandparents, and an attorney. And I had to tell my mom to her face that 
I no longer felt safe living with her because of her alcoholism mm-hmm. at 10 years old. And so that created in me a very powerful limiting belief that telling the truth meant losing love. By me telling my wow. mom the truth, I lost her love. And so what it created unconsciously was this inner people pleaser. I became this chameleon who would be whoever I needed to be to seek love and approval and validation outside of me. Mm-hmm. Right? And I live with different family members and different friends and things like that growing up. So it was a survival mechanism. But when I became an adult and I started my career, <clears throat> I was living a life of inauthenticity. Right? I was in a career of investment banking. I wasn't passionate about it. I was miserable. I was disconnected from my purpose, but I was making good money. And I was afraid because if I quit that job, I would lose the approval of my family. Mm-hmm. And then an event happened that really put life in perspective. And that was when my father passed away. He was really sick for about five years. And he literally just chose to give up on life and drink himself to death. And to watch him quit like that um, was devastating. And what he shared with me, the, one of the big reasons was because he was afraid of not being able to live up to his parents' expectations. Mm-hmm. And that was the pressure that was created there. And that's when I made the decision to never let myself, a loved one, you know, anyone I come in contact with be controlled by fear because I know it affects everyone. And so I started reading books. I started attending courses. I you know, would do crazy things like jump out of a plane and hike high mountains and do all these things to understand and experience fear. Mm. And over time, my passion for figuring out how to build this business arose, but it was for my own reason, right? It's mm-hmm. like we, we teach what we want to learn, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. having a brand like Fearless, um, there's no opportunity for me to hide. There's no right. opportunity for me to play wow. small and let my fear stop me because I'm so committed to this, to this message. Interesting. So in a way, you created this this Fearless Life brand simply as a way for obviously to help other people, but for you to actually be accountable. That's what that's what just came through for me. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. very much so. It held me accountable. And um, it's just, you know, we spend most of our waking hours doing work, working. Right. Why not choose to do something that you love? I spoke yesterday and I said, when, you know, I give a lot of strategies, actionable strategies for conquering fear. And I said, when none of that works, if none of that works, Mm. just ask yourself, why fear anything when death is certain? Mm. Because our time is limited. And I don't say that to be morbid. I say that to be real. Like every, every hour, every day, every month, every year that you waste, you do not get back. Mm. And so when you look Mm. at the fact that your life is limited then the fears, the stresses, the doubts, the insecurities, they begin to fade away and become meaningless. And when that happens, you become this unstoppable, like hyper committed person who does anything no matter what they're, you know, what they're feeling in terms of resistance. Man, that's so good. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the stoic philosopher Seneca. Yes. Love Um, Seneca. Amazing (laughs) book. Seneca on the shortness of life. Okay. And there's an incredible quote that comes out of that book. Um, in all that you fear, you act uh, immortal. In all that you desire, you no. Let me no. I, I always do that. In all that, in all that you fear, you act mortal. In all that you you desire, you act immortal. So essentially, ah. people with the things that they fear, they get to action. So when their taxes are due, right? When yep. when. Um, they're on death's door or they're like, they're a relationship is at the brink of turmoil. 
um, then people will act. But in the things that they actually desire, their heart's calling, they act like they have all the time in the world. It's so true. It is so true. So how can the listener, and that's what I want, you know, yeah. for you listening, I want you to think about what could you do to act as if today was your last day, mm. right? What would you do differently if you made the decision that today was your last day? What would you do with your loved ones? What would you do in your business? What would you do if you act more urgently, you know, around how fragile life really is? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's an incredible question. It is. It's, it's a daily meditative question. Yeah. What, um, hmm. what is your greatest fear? Ah, I love this question because mm-hmm. it changes a mm-hmm. lot. You know, mm-hmm. when I when I started my business, I was definitely fair, uh, terrified of rejection. I was terrified mm-hmm. of losing approval. Mm-hmm. That really doesn't impact me anymore. Um, I started to become afraid of success, of like losing my own freedom. I think my biggest fear currently is I am so committed to my mission and my calling and my work. And, and my mission, my calling is my business that – I, if I, if I go through building my business unconsciously, then I could be that highly successful and person who has a great impact in business at the cost of his family, his health. Um, I know that that's a risk that I run because I've seen that in my family, Mm -hmm. right? My grandfather was a very successful entrepreneur and he wasn't the best father to my dad. And so um, as I build this, I look at, you know, there's, there's the commitment to impact like Tony Robbins, for example, someone we all know of and we all admire for sure. what he's created, the impact he's had. And I know that some of it is at a cost. Mm-hmm. It's at a cost of him being there for his kids. Yeah. And so um, I'm committed to my mission and I'm still committed to creating the quality of life that I want for my loved ones. Mm-hmm. And that means that I may not be as quote unquote successful, right? But that's okay, and mm. I'm okay with that. Mm. And I can build in the systems, and I can build in the things that support my highest value, which is freedom. Freedom is mm. my highest value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I learned that in investment banking because I was working 100 hours a week, chained to a cubicle, crunching numbers, yeah. miserable. Yeah. And it didn't matter how much money I made. I, like, couldn't stand my life. So, like, that's the thing is, like, for, for you listening, I want you to think about what is your highest value and is your life's calling? Like, are you, are you doing work that – that creates space for you to live and experience that value on a daily basis. Because if not, it doesn't matter how quote unquote successful you, successful you will become. Part of you will feel like your life is lacking meaning. Absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds like when you have your, your uh, hierarchy of values in check mm-hmm. and you know what your highest value is, then that becomes an easier you're, you're able to just sort the priorities in your life a lot easier. Yeah. And talk about like we all are challenged about making decisions, right? We're just talking about business and sales and enrolling people. And it's like I, I always say the best decision you can make is the right one. Right. The second best is the wrong decision. Wow. The worst is no decision at all. Wow. Right? So if you're in that maybe area, that gray area – that takes up all of your mental capacity. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have space to go be creative and do all these other things. So by you operating your life from your values, it's a simple filter system. Will this person coming into my life, this project, this opportunity, mm-hmm. this invitation, will this create more freedom for me? If that's your value. 
If the answer is no, then I'm going to say no to it, no matter how good it looks on a surface level, totally. right? Like I, I, I don't want to become a motivational speaker. I love speaking. It's one of my gifts. I don't want to be the person traveling, you know, 250, 300 days a year on the road speaking and sharing keynotes because mm-hmm. then I won't be able to spend time with family yeah. and with my loved ones. And that's your highest exactly. value. Yeah. So yeah. it's like when you get those things, a lot of people are afraid of making decisions. One, I always say default to if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Right. <laughs> but the way to, to distinguish that is by making decisions based on what your values are and whatever brings you closer to those values then you can say yes to whatever pushes you away and it's a clear no. Mm, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that, um, oftentimes we, yeah, we're, we're teeter tottering between a good decision and a quote unquote bad one or, or incorrect decision because yeah. we're afraid to lose out on something. Mm-hmm. Um, we're afraid to just make a firm decision actually yeah. and just move forward. Right. Because it's something somehow uncomfortable in this little gray space. It feels like, I, I'm, it feels like someday it'll all come together, yep. but someday doesn't have to be today. I can just kind of lay on my laurels today and today repeats itself <laughs> constantly until we're just like, no, I'm done. I'm going to actually move forward. Yeah. And if like, if you make a wrong decision, I want to know that sooner than later. Totally. Right? Like if I, if I was to start a new marketing campaign in my business, right. And I was afraid to, to launch that. The sooner I launch that and find out that I failed at it, the better because then I can course correct, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. what most people do is they sit there in fear, yeah. thinking, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to sit here and not make a decision. And that takes what could be done in a day or a week or a month and, and you turn around three, five, ten years from now wow. in the same exact place. Mm-hmm. That You know what, Ronnie? That it may be my biggest fear mm-hmm. is not growing. Mm-hmm. It's not using the most of this limited time that I yeah. have like that. I've never thought about this until we're talking about this, but that truly is a fear of mine. And, mm. um, I know that I'm not doing that, but it's a risk that, that, you know, there are times when I could be going through the motions. I could be letting my fear stop me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably mine too. Yeah. Yeah, is of just living life in limbo. Yeah. Like, geez, that's that's scary to me. That always has been of this. Like, I'm not really afraid uh, in the, I guess, traditional sense of that word of many things at all. Yeah. I get nervous. I get anxious. Of yeah. course, like that's all kind of normal physiological response totally. patterns to to whatever's going on. But ultimately, when you chunk it down to the the origin of where these these sensations come from the fear is that i'm not making the most out of my god-given potential that i was given the greatest gift the greatest miracle of life that i that actually interestingly enough the way i flipped that sometimes i was doing this with a coaching client yesterday who's like and there's a lot of stuff coming up i'm like look like here's the deal like you actually don't have to worry about all this because you've already achieved the greatest miracle of life, which is out of 4 billion sperm cells or whatever the number is. You're the one who made it through. Do you understand that this statistical did the hardest work (laughs) already? So now everything else is just like gamification, Mm -hmm. just gamifying life and enjoying it. And yeah, you're going to have challenges and concerns. However, it's up to you. It's up to me how we hold on to these things and what kind of stories do we wrap them around that either are empowering yeah. or enabling. 
And, and to me, it's like, and because that is, I've come face to face with that fear and it's reminded, like in this conversation, it makes me more accountable because my mission is more important than my comfort. And so even though I may be um, temporarily out of commission for five minutes once in a while, I know that there's a breaking point where a breakthrough is going to occur within me. When I take myself out of the picture, I get out of my own head and I think, well, you know what, how many people in this world are not going to be positively impacted because I'm sitting here in my little fear bubble? Yes. And, and, and I think the key here is to, to raise awareness of this by staying in this conversation. So like mm-hmm. for the listener, go back and listen to every single one of Ronnie's interviews on this podcast. Go back and mm-hmm. listen to all the other podcasts that you're listening to or read the books because for me, That's I create great. this like mental bodyguard almost because Ooh. fears for sure come up. Doubts, insecurities, they come up, they're unavoidable. It's part of the human experience. But by listening to interviews like this, by reading books, by attending seminars, by having coaches, it keeps me in the conversation of empowerment. It keeps me in the conversation of what is that story that I'm telling myself that's limiting me? Right. And a lot of people, you know, may not be as blessed as you and I are. We, we live in Encinitas. You know, we're in, we're in beautiful San Diego. We're surrounded by incredible entrepreneurs, yes. thought leaders, things like that. There was a time in probably both of our lives where we weren't. No, for sure. And many <laughs> listeners may not be right now. Yeah. And it's like I get that. You know, it'd be great for you to have. You know, most of your time being spent with those types of people, but if they're not, this is how you enter that conversation is by listening to things like totally. This. That's such a good point. That's that I love this idea of a mental bodyguard because yeah, you have to you have to you have to ward off the booby traps, yep. right? The minefield yep. of your mind. Like if you get stuck in that, you're gonna you're gonna step on this landmine of doubt and this totally. landmine of concern and and all these these things. And man, that's so brilliant. Yeah, I notice like. I'll go back to my own podcast that I've had on this show and I'll just listen to it. It's like my own, like I do these interviews largely because it's my own database. Like me coming here to yep. meet with you yeah. and have this conversation is almost like I take advantage of it because it's like a little coaching session too. Yeah. Like, so I'm getting tremendous value out of it and it just so happens that I get to record this and put it online for everyone listening for sure. to benefit as well. I love it. So cool. I love it. One thing I want to share, because this mm-hmm. is very, very relevant to this, um, is not only listening and learning, but like figuring out what are those things that you could do every single day? What are those habits? What are those rituals that put you in this peak state of performance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're a big believer in meditation. For sure. As am I. For uh, sure. You have rituals like float tank. You, know, yep. you, you, went, you did a float tank right before we did this interview. I'm a big believer in moving your body and sweating yes. every single day. Yeah. So I love CrossFit. Not everyone has to do CrossFit. But if you, know, you feel like you don't have time to exercise – Everyone has the time or doesn't have, no one has the time. You've got to create the time. So maybe you don't have an hour to go to a yoga class or a CrossFit class, but you could move your body for five, 10, 15 minutes every single day. And it puts you in this peak state. Like I, when I work out in the morning, meditate, have a green smoothie, listen to my podcast. When I do that, I literally feel like I can handle anything Mm. life throws at me. So it doesn't mean mm. things don't fall apart. It doesn't mean, yeah. you know, I don't have breakdowns with, you know, business stuff or with family. It just means that I'm able to hold space and handle it. 
and almost feel in a way unstoppable, totally. which like just that allows me to take more massive action. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. To have your, your life is largely dictated by your rituals, right? Yeah. And that's another thing that you bring up that is so valuable for the listener to get because one of the big, one of the common, um, roadblocks I experience when I'm doing coaching work. I don't experience it. It's not mine. However, it's one that many people share. Yeah. And this might lead into the the next question about the most common fears that you see. Yeah. One of the things that I see as a roadblock for most people is that they think it has to be all or nothing. Like if I'm not perfect, if I don't have it all dialed in or I don't have the whole thing laid out, then I can't do anything. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like how let's think rationally here, rational fears versus not. How rational is it to think that you're just going to have it all figured out and then you do it? Like you don't you like, how do you build a building? How do you build it? It's the same time. I mean, geez, it's, it's so it's sad to me. Actually, it actually bothers me. Um, I can feel it in my body actually, because it's it's such a sabotage and it's such an irrational one. However, there's such a fear behind that of whatever. I'd love for you maybe to, to unpack that well, a little more. Well, I think one is to, to have awareness of where it comes from because this yeah. is for sure something that's created by, uh, I believe, society. I believe sure. it's created by our education system. Um, I believe that we're instilled from our parents you know, uh, that we've got to get good grades. We've got to be perfect. If we're not, then we fail. Mm. And, and so there's this underlying innate fear of not being perfect, right? First of all, perfection is unattainable. It's not possible. In fact, when you try to be perfect, you often lead to procrastination, meaning you don't do anything, Yes. right? And so my, my commitment, I've got two commitments. One is when I find myself in that perfection trap, I shift my attachment to being 100% perfect to getting 80% 80% of what I think is perfect, like that's what I'm committed to doing. So let's say I'm launching a new product, right? And that product, I want it to be perfect. I know that's unattainable. I know that's going to add months or years to the creation process. If I just commit to getting the first version 80% of the way there and I ship it, then I can get feedback from the marketplace. Then I can learn, okay, what needs a change to get another 80%, to get another 80%, nice. right? So you're closing the gap there. Yeah. In by actually taking action and implementing versus being stuck in your head. So that's one one thing that I do. And the second is I commit to failing as often and as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. Like I love fail. You know, <laughs> literally, because I know that like failure is an unavoidable step on the path to, to mm. success. Right. And so my my commitment is to fail as often and as quick as possible. And when I do that, I get the learning that I need to. I learn the lessons, and everything gets closer to that level of success. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. And again, this is stuff that's not new. It's stuff that I'm not, I'm not saying for the first time, but I've learned it through podcasts. I've learned it through books. I've learned it through mentors that I've hired that shipping and taking action and doing all of that is so much better than being stuck in your mind, trying to get everything perfect. Cause that's unattainable. It's almost like the act is the reward yes. because it sh- it ships you, it shifts you out of the state of lethargy. Yep. So I, I got something. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Triggered something in me. So uh, for those – for you listening that's driving, pull over and mm-hmm. write this down because I don't want you to get an accident. <laughs> um, I did my first Fearless Life Experience event about a year ago. I had so much fear running around it. Like 
I had never done more than an hour-long talk in my life, and this was a three-day event, mm-hmm. right? So I had all this insecurity, I had all this fear, and I was at a, an event the week before um, because I was trying to learn everything I needed, even though I had more than enough knowledge to actually deliver value. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met a guy there who noticed the stress that I was under, noticed all mm-hmm. this. I told him about the event, and he gave me one of the most brilliant pieces of advice ever, and he said, success is not the result of action. Success is action. Success is action. It's not the result of action, right? So like just by me promoting an event and fulfilling on it, I've already – that I'm already in a success mm-hmm. as a result. You've got an event coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, probably it'll be already done by the time yeah, this yeah. interview is <laughs> released. But you already are successful. Totally. Right? Totally. You're doing it. You, you've you got the content that you're creating. You'll be delivering it in the next 48 hours. Like that is success right there. Yes. It doesn't matter you know, what happens at the event. And right. This is like, okay, what, how many people are going to sign up yeah, for this program exactly. or buy my book or yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like that's irrelevant. That's yeah. like – that's like – Cool, great. However, that's not the goal. Yep. The goal yep. is to be in the action, like you said. Like I love this is so great. Like and this is so timely for me because yeah. like I just gave a big talk yesterday and I found myself beating myself up this morning, mm. being my own worst critic, going, wow. Gosh, it wasn't good enough. I could have done this better. And it's like, no, like I did it. I overcame a fear and spoke to really awesome CEOs and, and I shared that message. That's success in and of itself. Mm. It didn't matter how many people you know took the call to action or anything like that. And that's what I want the listener to take away is like just do – just continue doing the work. One of my favorite quotes is that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Oh my gosh. It's- 10 years. It does. It takes time. You're, you're, you're jogging up something in me that's so critical and it's, it's a great, just like, it's a great moment for you. It's a great moment for me because I remember, um, maybe four or five years ago, I was in a much different place and living in Los Angeles. This is before I left Los Angeles, started traveling around the world and then ended up here in San Diego. But I remember one, one, I'll make it as short and concise as possible. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting on the bus after a late night at this, this, the very last legitimate job I ever had, which is still kind of in alignment with my work now, but it was the last, it was the last voyage. It was very much the last J O B. Yeah. You know, now I'm unemployable. Yeah. Sure. But it was it was a moment where something cracked inside of me. I'm leaving this this herbal tonic bar in Los Angeles that I worked at. And I can't remember why, but I'm cleaning up at night and something cracked yep. in me. And I just went into this mode of like, you know, do not enter. Yep. And I and I had to walk home and I walked to the bus stop at twelve at night and I'm just in one of those moods. I'm on the bus, I'm going home and I'm just like I something opens up in me and I'm like, that's it. This, this is it. And I get, and this is the craziness. This is how synchronicity is guided guides me. I get home to my apartment and I see my roommate upstairs, um, smoking tobacco and it's like 1230 at night or something. And I, and I go there, I'm like, what's going on? What are you doing? And he's like, you know, he says to me, he said, you know what? I think we should quit because he was working there too. Okay. He's like, I think we should quit. And I was like, Oh, is that so? <laughs> really? And we, in that moment, we just like, we didn't know. No surprise like, at all. Yeah, we didn't know what we were going to do for money and we had to yeah. pay rent and all that kind of stuff. And we were just like, yep, next morning, did it, boom. And then started a whole new path for myself. Um, yeah, so that that's just interesting. So I, 
what I, what I think is the most important thing, one of the most important things to take away from that mm-hmm. is that you made a decision. You quit a job without the clear vision and the plan of what you're going to do next oh, yeah. because you had an element of faith. You had this trust in yourself. You trusted God, the universe, whatever it is. You trusted something. You trusted yourself to be able to do that. And I think that that moment where you chose faith over fear, totally. that's what differentiates the, you know, the wealthy from the poor, the strong from the weak, the lovers from the lonely is like when you, when you choose that moment. Mm. And I always say clarity is a result from taking action, not a requirement. You don't need mm. to have a clear vision yeah. to take action. That, that, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I actually got more clear Bye. after I, I, in the morning I went and resigned yep. and my, and my employer at the time is now a very good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, he actually told me, he's like, you know what, Ronnie, like you're an entrepreneur. This is, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And, and immediately I became more clear. So, yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. So I, with the time we have left, I want to dive into one last thing, which is your, your fearless life, um, experience project. Yes. Tell us all about that. Yeah. Well, it's a three day experience. I lead it in San Diego, California. And it's an experience that I take 12 high-performing entrepreneurs through. So it's a very exclusive experience. It's not an hotel mm. ballroom with hundreds of people. It's limited to 12 people. Nice. And it's very experiential. I actually hire a surf school to take people out surfing. Wow. I, uh, I, we go hang gliding off of the cliffs on Torrey Pines. And we do all these things to conquer fear because when you conquer fear in the body, it creates um, – Ways for your mind to, to, to operate that way in your relationships, Got in it. your business, in all the other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And I also work on a lot of clarification of goals around the biggest areas of your life and peak performance habits. Basically getting people to walk out of there having conquered their fears so that they can create the impact and earn the income they desire. Mm-hmm. It's my what I'm most passionate about to be able to witness transformation. Mm-hmm. So if any of your listeners are interested in that, um, they can find out more at the fear or at uh, fearlesslifeexperience.com. Nice. And if you want to link that up in the show notes, absolutely, yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. And then that's where they can find your book as well. Yeah. So um, the book they can find out on Amazon. It's called right. The Fearless Mindset, and I mm. highly recommend that. In that book, I interviewed some of the top entrepreneurs on the planet about their mindset, about their rituals. And actually, I'd love to gift this to your audience if, if they like this. Mm. Um, I'd love to gift all of those interviews for free, wow. as well as a video series that I have. And those are bonuses of the book, but I want to give it to anyone regardless of whether you buy the book. It's just free content. And uh, the listener can get that at thefearlessmindset.com. So, thefearlessmindset.com. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll send these to you so you've got Sweet. Yeah. 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 I'm a junkie. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. It's, it's been such a pleasure. If there's one last thing that you could share with me and everybody else out here, what would it be? Being fearless doesn't mean being without fear. Yes. I don't think that's possible. I, I, I think that was actually yeah. something I was going to ask yeah, you about. Yeah, being fearless means having the courage and the confidence and the commitment to do the thing that scares you. So as long mm. as you continue to notice the fear, recognize that fear is pushing you in the direction that you need to go to grow and you commit to doing that thing that scares you, whether it's giving a talk, launching a business, you know, entering a relationship, leaving a relationship, whatever that fear is, that's the, the, uh, the, the road sign of where you need to go to the next level of success in your life. Awesome. Yeah. This was a pleasure. Ronnie, thank you, brother. Yeah. And everyone else listening, 
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. What an incredible episode. I'm going to be re-listening to this as I often do when we just have these dynamic, stellar, epic, one-of-a-kind type of conversations. I recommend, like our guest Peter said, um, revisiting these conversations and, and, and training your mind to um, I, I kind of look at it like positive autopilot, where we recondition our neurological system with positive saturation and and um, fearless living becomes it becomes a normality. It becomes a habit by revisiting and reconditioning um, through just simple conversations like this, going on on a walk or something. You know, it's it's really simple, and I really appreciate all of you for investing in yourself through taking the time to listen to this. It means the world to me, and um, clearly that's why I do this. So with that said, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, aloha.